Welcome to the Everything Works Out For Us podcast. My name is Marina, and I'm so happy that you're here to join me on this journey of embracing a growth mindset that's grounded in gratitude and self-awareness. I'm an REBT mindset life coach, actor, singer, content creator, and the bigger sister that you always wanted. And I'm ready to start turning our mental and emotional roadblocks into roadmaps. In each episode, I holistically utilize psychology, spirituality, and my own personal experiences to strive to empower you to step into your power and deeply connect to both your inner knowing and the world around you. Let's grow together. Welcome back to the pod, everyone. I'm excited for today's episode because it's dedicated to all of my sensitive folks out there. But before I get into it, I wanted to quickly thank you all for listening and supporting me on this new endeavor of mine. If you've been enjoying the episodes, please take a second to give the podcast a five-star rating wherever you're listening and hit that follow button. It really will help me out more than you know. And I also encourage you to leave me feedback on either episodes already released or on thoughts that you have about future episodes. I'd love to start incorporating listener questions into episodes and to be able to discuss concerns or queries that you have. So if there are any questions that you have regarding your life, your mental health or relationships that you'd like tied into a psychological and spiritual deep dive, please send me an email at everythingworksoutforuspodcast at gmail.com. So without further ado, now let's get right into the episode. Now, I think that there are more of us out there than we actually may feel or may interact with on a day-to-day basis that are super duper sensitive and I've always been a very sensitive person, someone who's highly in tune with my own emotions and the emotions of others around me and also in tune with my environment and the stimuli surrounding me and it's gotten to a point where I have found myself so hypersensitive to these things that I felt like I almost couldn't relate to others anymore. It felt isolating to be experiencing all of these emotions and physical symptoms from my environment when nobody else seemed to be affected by them. So naturally, when I feel confused and overwhelmed, I turn to psychology for answers and spirituality, of course. But for today's episode, it's mostly psychology-based and psychology never disappoints. So I discovered that there's a scientific term for the kind of person that I am and maybe for the kind of person that you are too, and that's called a highly sensitive person or an HSP for short. So the description of this is an HSP is a neurodivergent individual who is thought to have an increased or deeper central nervous system sensitivity to physical, emotional, or social stimuli. HSPs are found in over 100 other species, not just humans, 100 other species. That is wild to me. It's most likely an evolutionary trait that stems from increasing likelihood of survival. And this hypersensitivity causes animals to be, to always be on the lookout for danger. And it's found in 15 to 20% of humans. So it's a big enough chunk of the population to not be considered a disorder, but it's also not enough for it to be easily recognizable or relatable. So as I mentioned last week, when I was discussing anxiety, even though our brains are doing the best that they can to try and protect us, 
This can definitely be frustrating at times when we know that realistically we're not in danger, but again, we're not alone. And I'm going to go over the traits of an HSP, how to know if you are or aren't one, and also discuss the many pros and a few cons of being one too. I always feel comfort in companionship and just knowing that other people are going through the same things as me or are experiencing similar things to me, so I hope that this can do the same for you. So some of the main traits of HSPs are avoiding violent movies or TV shows because they feel too intense to watch and it leaves you feeling unsettled. Being deeply moved by beauty, either expressed in art, nature, or the human spirit, or even sometimes in a good commercial. (laughs) Beauty is subjective, but HSPs are highly affected by beauty in all shapes and forms. Being overwhelmed by sensory stimuli like noisy crowds, bright lights, or uncomfortable clothing. Feeling a strong need for downtime, and this is not just a preference, they need it, especially if you have hectic days, you really have a strong need and urge to retreat to a dark, quiet room all by yourself. And they also have a very rich and complex inner life, complete with deep thoughts and strong feelings to go with them. So these are some of the main most recognizable traits, but I also wanted to go over the Elaine Aaron quiz for HSPs. So Elaine Aaron is a psychologist who coined this term, who has put in the research to discover what a highly sensitive person is, and she's the one that discovered that 15 to 20% of the population are HSPs. So her work is dedicated to this, and you can go and find her free quiz online, or I'm actually just going to read it for you here. So feel free to answer along as I'm going over these traits, and we can discuss the results at the end. Okay, so number one is I am easily overwhelmed by strong sensory input. Number two is I seem to be aware of subtleties in my environment. Number three is other people's moods affect me. Me! (laughs) So strongly, holy shit. (laughs) Number four is I tend to be very sensitive to pain. Number five is, I find myself needing to withdraw during busy days into bed or into a darkened room or any place where I can have some privacy and relief from stimulation. Number six is, I am particularly sensitive to the effects of caffeine. For me, this was absolutely wild to read because I genuinely don't know many people as affected by caffeine as I am. I only very recently started drinking coffee Um, And I still don't even drink it every single day, but I'm almost 27 and I just started drinking coffee and caffeine. I've never had an energy drink in my life. I'm convinced that I would die (laughs) if I had one, but it just so strongly affects my mental state and my physical state. Like my heart rate just shoots through the roof and I'm shaky and it makes me like feel so flustered almost and distraught and um, panicky if I'm not responsible about how I'm consuming it and even consuming little amounts of it 
Um, whereas in comparison to someone who might be able to drink an energy drink or two and a coffee and feel totally fine and maybe even still be able to go to sleep, like I genuinely could never imagine doing that. So knowing that this is a symptom of being an HSP, I just thought was wild. And I felt (laughs) just so, so much comfort in hearing that. All right. On to the next one. I am easily overwhelmed by things like bright lights, strong smells, coarse fabrics, or sirens close by. I have a rich, complex inner life. I am made uncomfortable by loud noises. This is also so me. Like, you will never catch me blasting music in my house or in my car. Like, everything needs to be quiet at all times. (laughs) Because anything over, like, a level three is too overwhelming for me. I am deeply moved by the arts or music. I also wanted to chat about this too because I'm someone that gets goosebumps very easily, especially when listening to music. And I believe it is tied to being an HSP. This is also not to say that you can't experience goosebumps if you're not a full HSP, but I wanna say that it's a correct assumption that HSPs probably are more affected by this on and get these goosebumps when we listen to things that really strike us in art or in music. Um, But yeah, oh my gosh, what a beautiful thing. I think that's such a gift to experience goosebumps when you listen to music. It's like an out-of-body, very spiritual soul experience because it's so out of our control and yeah, I don't know. It's just very magical. I love getting goosebumps. Anyway, my nervous system sometimes feels so frazzled that I just have to go off by myself. I am conscientious. I startle easily. I get rattled when I have a lot to do in a short amount of time. I wish this wasn't me, but unfortunately it is. If anyone at my work is listening to this, no, you're not. (laughs) When people are uncomfortable in a physical environment, I tend to know what needs to be done to make it more comfortable, like changing the lighting or the seating. This was literally me last night, having people over at my apartment and it's like getting more vibey. It's getting later at night and I'm just like, Alexa, dim the lights. Alexa, light my candle. Just kidding. I wish I could do that. That'd be dope. I am annoyed when people try to get me to do too many things at once. Again, if you work with me and you're listening to this, no, you're not. (laughs) I try hard to avoid making mistakes or forgetting things. I make a point to avoid violent movies and TV shows. I become unpleasantly aroused when a lot is going on around me. Being very hungry creates a strong reaction in me, disrupting my concentration or mood. Changes in my life shake me up. I notice and enjoy delicate or fine scents, tastes, sounds, and works of art. I find it unpleasant to have a lot going on at once. I make it a high priority to arrange my life to avoid upsetting or overwhelming situations. I'm bothered by intense stimuli like loud noises or chaotic scenes. When I must complete or be observed while performing a task, I become so nervous and shaky that I do much worse than I would otherwise. When I was a child, my parents or teachers seemed to see me as sensitive or shy. 
All right, so that is the whole quiz. And if you have more than 14 of the questions as true, then you are probably a highly sensitive person. But of course, no psychological test is so accurate that you should base your life on it. Um, this is just Elaine's Aaron's quiz, and you can have traits of a highly sensitive person without necessarily fully being considered one too. Like some of these things are more quote unquote normal or that you would find in a neurotypical person. So yeah, so that wraps up the quiz. And I also wanted to state that HSPs can be confused with other personality traits or mental health conditions such as introversion, autism, or ADHD. And of course, you can be both or all of the above. I am highly an introvert, so I would absolutely consider myself an introvert and a highly sensitive person now that I know what both of those things are, but I am not here to offer any mental health diagnosis. So if that's something that you're looking for, of course, please consult a mental health professional regarding any kind of diagnosis. Pros and cons of being a highly sensitive person. Obviously, I'm going to start with pros. So pros are being highly touched by beauty and awe. I know that I kind of cover this in the quiz, but what a massive gift it is to be so touched by beauty that you cry looking at a sunset or you get chills listening to music every single time. It's to be able to experience art in that way. I mean, I've... I'm under the firm belief that art is a very pure form of love. It is the complete dissolution of the ego. So to be able to experience that wholeheartedly, what a magical gift. Another pro is being able to form deep and meaningful bonds with people. Life really is all about connection and the more empathy that we have, the more that we are able to form more deep and more meaningful connections with people. And if that isn't the meaning of life, then what is, you know, making those special wholehearted connections with people. The fact that HSPs can do it almost with ease, it comes more naturally to them. That's something so hugely to be grateful for. HSPs are also able to feel immense gratitude for both big and small things in life and enable to feel a level of appreciation for things like art that other less sensitive people may not have access to. What a gift that is. All right, I'm going to jump into a con now because that's the dichotomy of life, right? It's unavoidable to have pros without cons and vice versa. So, a con of being an HSP is the tendency to avoid situations that may cause you angst or emotional distress, such as large crowds or violent movies. I personally can't watch violence on TV without getting extremely emotional, so I will either have to look away or avoid certain violent TV shows like Game of Thrones or war movies or whatever. But personally, this isn't a huge hindrance in my life. It's whatever to me, but being an HSP has affected me negatively in a different way. So this is getting a little personal, but I've followed a mostly plant-based vegan diet for about eight years now. 
because the factory farming industry and animals dying makes me very emotional. And anyone who knows me knows that I cry at everything. So when I'm really happy, when I feel really loved, when I'm really sad, obviously when I see cows, question mark on that one. Honestly, I feel like I was a cow in a previous life, but past lives can be a discussion for another episode. Um, Anyway, I do very strongly empathize with animals and with their pain. So it's proven very difficult for me to be around people eating or preparing certain types of meat and it's something that I am working on regulating myself around because as a highly sensitive person I now understand I'm really leaning into that it's not other people's jobs to cater towards my dysregulation while I'm accepting this sensitivity is not a flaw of mine necessarily it's my job and my problem to deal with it when it becomes a problem and in the past i've expected others to cater towards me or to completely succumb to my emotional overwhelmment and that's not fair it's not right it's not appropriate But since learning about what an HSP is, it's helped me to take more accountability for my own emotions and learn how to better regulate myself. I think that boundary setting definitely comes into play here. So I'm obviously never going to go to a slaughterhouse. I would never go hunting or spend my time around people who are very passionate about hunting. I would personally not watch extremely violent TV shows or anything having to do with animal cruelty, for example. It's too much of a trigger for me and that's just a hard boundary that, I'm, that I've set. On the flip side of that, if I'm surrounding myself with people who care about me, there's also a mutual respect thing, right? So I would... So within that boundary setting, that includes them not them trying to force me to eat meat or them making fun of me because I don't eat meat. It's just like that mutual respect boundary as well. So of course that has to come into play too. But I'm working on setting healthy and realistic boundaries being that it's my choice to not eat meat and I'm working on regulating my nervous system when I can feel myself getting triggered when when other people do eat meat. And I know that I can't avoid situations where people eat meat. It's unrealistic. And honestly, I don't want to avoid situations like that anymore because much like I don't want to avoid things like parties or concerts either because I want to be able to fully enjoy my life and all of the many new and exciting experiences that it has to offer. So I don't want to live my life in avoidance to cater towards my HSP tendencies or towards my anxiety or dysregulation. I I just don't accept that for myself, you know? Again, I'm just learning how to set boundaries that feel safe for me while I can still maintain relationships and experiences without shutting down due to panic attacks or emotional overwhelmment. So without getting too personal, I'm 
also working on EMDR with my therapist. The main focus of EMDR or eye movement desensitization reprocessing is to help your body process and recover from trauma. But in addition to this, the bilateral stimulation can also help with allowing the autonomic nervous system induce a relaxation response. So EMDR is very complex and not necessarily relevant to this topic today, but I just wanted to note it because it's something that I've found to help with physical self-soothing. Self-soothing has become very physical for me at this point because I tend to feel overwhelm and anxiety in my body first before my brain even has a chance to catch up. So it's just important to learn what works for you in terms of calming yourself down and getting to know your body and um, what your body needs and letting your body know that you are indeed safe and not in danger. And so just a few other examples that I have been pushing myself towards um, in terms of my own healing. So at work, I do a fair amount of food prep and this has involved meat. And typically in the past, I would have basically completely shut down, either had a panic attack or had very physical anxiety symptoms. And so I have now been able to kind of desensitize myself from this through using my EMDR techniques and also just my own personal grounding techniques, um, breath work as well consistently reminding myself that I am safe, I am not in danger, I'm having a sensitive anxiety response right now, but I am calm, I am at peace, I am safe, repeating these mantras in my head, and it has helped a lot, almost like exposure therapy, to be quite honest with you, and in addition to that, I've had many instances in the past where I've been in large crowds like loud bars, really loud and um, overstimulating concerts and have had panic attacks in those situations and that has been very frustrating to me and I began to really associate that with my personality and just tie it to who I am. Um, and I also want to say I, this isn't really tied to social anxiety. Um, I think I may have a bit of that in a different sense, but when I've gotten these panic attacks in these loud crowded settings, it is absolutely because of being too overstimulated by like the amount of people, by the claustrophobia, by not having enough space or what I feel like is autonomy, like physical autonomy. Um, And so kind of by exposure therapy, I've been slowly putting myself back in these situations, knowing what I know now, having the coping skills and coping mechanisms that I know now, and just trying to practice calming myself down and knowing that I'm safe now that I have these tools in my toolbox to kind of work through that. Again, just knowing what an HSP is and knowing that it's normal, that I'm not crazy um, and reminding myself that I am safe and I can utilize these tools in my toolbox to move through these feelings of overstimulation and overwhelmment. Um, I'm realizing that I 
I don't have to tie these negative things about me or these things about myself that have been frustrating and limiting. I don't have to tie that to who I am. I can change it. I know why I am the way that I am. I know now that it's because I'm a highly sensitive person, but I also know now that I can use the tools in my toolbox to soothe myself out of that overwhelmment. Um, while also maintaining my own boundaries, you know, if it, if it genuinely starts feeling unsafe and I know that I have to leave, I'm going to leave, but I don't want to avoid a hundred percent these situations anymore. And you don't have to either. All right, so I know I just talked a lot about some of the perceived downsides of being an HSP, but truly sensitivity is a gift. HSPs are amazing listeners and are in tune with other people. It's in your DNA to be empathetic and this world needs more empathy. We also tend to be great at conversation because empathy gives us a sense of belonging and meaning in the relationships that we have and we're really able to provide in that sense. Because we are acutely aware of the pain and suffering going on around us, we have the ability to feel extra joy and extra gratitude when presented with the blessings, both big and small, that life offers us. We take nothing for granted and I think that's extremely beautiful. HSPs also make excellent parents because they're so in tune with their children's needs and they can sense exactly what they want and how they're feeling and thus they're more inclined to be very attentive and very loving parents. HSPs are more likely to remain strong in the face of tragedy and loss because they do not shy away from painful emotions. They're open to feeling them and they're able to process them and move through them quicker than a less sensitive person who's afraid to feel and heal because it feels unnatural or shameful to them. So in the moment, while it may feel like a curse to feel so much in the face of tragedy, just know that if you're processing it right away and you're feeling it, you're healing and you already are on the road to recovery. Sensitivity is a key driver to creativity as well, so HSPs are naturally more creative. And lastly, we make excellent leaders because our sensitivity allows us to process large amounts of information in a meaningful manner, therefore allowing us to be aware of all potential outcomes and make informed decisions. And because we are deeply aware of and can sense the feelings of others, we can take their emotions into account when decision-making. So in my opinion, we need more HSP leaders, especially in politics. Imagine how much farther we could get as a society if our leaders displayed these traits. It would be groundbreaking. So... If this episode has been eye-opening for you in any way, welcome to the HSP Club. Happy to have you here. Or maybe you've realized that you're not an HSP, but you have relationships with HSPs maybe, and perhaps this could be a guidebook on how they're actually feeling and why they experience life the way that they do. And at the end of the day, we're all just silly little humans looking for connection. So any way that we can empathize with one another and accept each other's differences is a win. Keep embracing your sensitivity, remain wholehearted, and keep leading with love. Always remember that your sensitivity 
is a gift. I'll see you next episode.